Well, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back once again to the Ascent Podcast. My name is Brian, and I'll be your guide as we continue to work our way towards self-excellence. I'm joined today with my uh, co-host and partner in crime here, Chris Black. And what we're going to get into talking about today is talking about rising above the pitfalls of imposter syndrome, what that's all about, some of the keys, some of the tips, some of the different ways and components that we can really look out for, become aware of. Because self-awareness, when you talk about uh, imposter syndrome, is probably one of the biggest key cornerstones that you need to be aware of. And some of the ways that you can start to address those things for yourself, and it's going to be different for everybody. And then also stay above, continue to rise, continue to move forward, and not stop doing what you're doing. Because moving yourself forward to success, the key is you have to trust and believe in yourself. Chris, how are you doing this morning? Doing well, my friend. Doing well. Um, Absolutely. Very welcome, blessed welcome. To, very blessed to be here this morning. Yes. Hey, yes, yes, yes. It's going to be a good day for us. So let's talk about this imposter syndrome. And you and I which have chatted a little bit about it. Um, how about you give at, you know, call it a, a thousand foot level in your mind's eye when someone says imposter syndrome, uh, either A, did you, did you know what that means? How do you feel about it? Um, what are maybe some of the things that you've had happen in your life that maybe fall under that realm of imposter syndrome? Okay, I can do that. Well, first and foremost, as, as we, in our pre, pre-production chat, I didn't know this is what they call it, but I realized after doing my little bit of my homework and some of the research that, you know, you want to do for any subject to, to try to be credible about it was that once I look, when I looked it up and some of the, the key aspects of it all, I discovered that I have actually been living this syndrome for anywhere from a year and a half to two years uh, in my everyday life. Um, for me, um, it's it, it always starts, I think it starts with something tragic. Uh, in mm-hmm. my case, um, one of the, the big key, key events that happened was uh, discontinuation of a relationship that I did not see coming at all. Mm. And it spiraled into some health issues that I had. You know, I was hit by a car back last year. And then we fast forward into finding out that I had uh, a tumor on, tumors on my cornea. So between those three events, um, for lack of a better expression, I got knocked off my game pretty hard. so I've been in this period and I'm still in somewhat in the same period of trying to get back out of the, you know, we talk about life as peaks and valleys. I'm trying to get out of the valley right now. And it has been quite the undertaking um, as a whole. And it's somewhat of an everyday struggle for me, but I'm finding different ways to um, make it a little easier, um, allow me to, uh, continue moving forward with my life and do the things that are important to me um, according to my value system, um, according to my dreams and my desires and my wishes for life. So um, this is a, definitely a topic that hits quite close to home for me. Understood. Yeah, you know, it, it is interesting. And as you said, a, a lot of times there are life events that may happen um, that can, you know, trigger some of these different things. Uh, 
for me, from an imposter syndrome, you know, it, it usually revolves around, you know, self-belief in yourself, uh, how credible you may feel about a certain thing that you may be getting involved in. Um, and you, we've all heard the term uh, when they say, uh, fake it till you make it, right? Uh, and, you know, that can be good and that can be bad. And I think that's one of the things when you talk about imposter syndrome that comes up a lot is the whole fake it until you make it thing from the standpoint of some people say fake it until you make it because you keep going, you keep moving forward. You, 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 you may not know all things, but you do take some action. You continue to move forward. The danger of that, though, and this is the key component to it, is if you're faking it until you make it, uh, how genuine, how honest are you being, A, with yourself, but then also the people around you in the outside world, right? Because you're starting to put forth a persona and being a person that really isn't true to who you are because you haven't actually gotten to that point yet because you know, you're know you in that fake it till you make it stage. So I understand that there is always a part, no matter what you do, it's like you and I, we, we get out, we try to golf sometimes and neither one of us is Tiger Woods and we probably never will be, but Correct. we get out and when we started that journey of swinging the club, that's literally a fake it till you make it kind of an imposter syndrome scenario because but there is no other way to get better at the game except to play the game, right? And this is where the cautions have to be brought into place when we talk about imposter syndrome. There's a lot of the times when you go into these different things, you fall into it because of a habitual pattern, but you need it to start somewhere. And that's where I think the key components of the awareness, maybe what some of the triggers are and some of those different things that might pop in that you have to go, wait a minute, Am I still just pretending to be, or am I now, have I evolved in some way to be more of truly who I am, representing myself as to who I am, et cetera, et cetera. What are your thoughts on that? Well, honestly, you know, are you, I don't know how, I don't know how to actually frame this, but I'm going to give it a try. Um, you know, we live this life that we're, I guess for lack of a expression, this life we're given and obviously that life is is framed around how you were raised, um, your influences when you're young. Um, I recently, you know, like I said, I've been doing, I've been on this, I'll call it a journey of self-discovery over this last year and a half to two years. And I've kind of gotten committed, really committed to going where I want to go and not allowing me to hold me back. Um, but I recently um, reunited with family. You know, we're sitting out here in the middle of the ocean, uh, which I love. I love being in Hawaii. But the, the pitfall to that is, is my family's all of, most of my family's on the East Coast. Uh, most of my family that matters is on the East Coast. Um, and I don't get a chance to see those folks who are very near and dear to my heart. Obviously, we just had my cousin on uh, the last uh show I did with you, uh, which was absolutely a phenomenal occurrence because we're so close. But like I said, I was I, I had a chance to reunite with family uh, back in June for uh, my auntie's 80th birthday. And it was a I it was a, an experience that was filled with anxiety and, and, and anticipation and, you know, and, 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 and there was some anxiety because I was worried about 
you know, after you know, after not seeing these people in the flesh for so many years, it's been like eight years to see them, how we would mesh and come together and, and with their, you know, that we, had, you know, the last time we were all together was when my, we buried my mother. So there was a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on and a lot of, you know, there was just a lot of thoughts and racing through my mind. And uh, obviously at the end of the day, the, the, the short of it is, it was a great experience. I got a chance to have a couple of conversations face to face that I was more comfortable having face to face as opposed to, you know, we obviously have technology today, so you can do a phone call, you can do a video call. There's, there's any number of ways you could communicate with somebody. Um, but I really needed and wanted and desired to have those face to face conversations because of where I, you know, where I've grown and who I've more importantly, who I've grown into. So um, I, you know, the takeaway was that I, I really had this new, renewed and refreshed sense of self um, that I've been trying to build on ever since then. Okay. No, that's awesome. And, you know, uh, and like you said earlier, there are, there's typically an event uh whether it's an emotional thing a health related thing um some type of tragedy or sometimes as you said now it's just reconnecting with family that brings a tipping point or a turning point to right. you know while we start to move forward or f become more clear and have some clarity on why we may be at a certain place or a certain point in our lives um, so from an imposter syndrome standpoint I think the key, key thing to be aware of there is um, just from how genuine are you actually being? Or are you the persona that you're putting out to the world, how you're portraying yourself? Is that truly you and truly how you feel? And are you truly representing yourself uh, in an honest and open fashion? Or are you doing it from the standpoint of wanting to please other people, um, you know, to, to, to fit in, to be part of the group or the clique, all those different pieces and parts, because literally from a definition standpoint, that is being an imposter, right? Because you are not being true to yourself. So it's one of the things to look out for. Um, one of the things I want to throw on the table, and I think that's a, a big driver for a lot of this, is talking about um, fear, because fear obviously is, is a big part of it. And the human psychology piece of it is this, you know, as, as human beings, we are naturally social creatures. We crave, and we like to be part of a group. We like to socialize. We want to interact with others. Normally from a human interaction standpoint, that's something that most people desire and need and want in their lives. Uh, but then that brings about some fears and some concerns from the standpoint of being rejected, not being accepted being judged, you know, uh, based on whatever the situation might be. So to fit in is the, the term I'll use. We often create a persona that we feel like is going to fit into X situation. And you all, you know, you hear certain people talk about uh, they're a chameleon, right? I can, I can fit into any situation or any group. I can go anywhere. I can be anything. And that's not to say that they're necessarily being an imposter. It could be a great gift that they have to be able to do that. But then you also have to make sure that when those situations happen and you are able to you know, shape shift from one self to a different self to another self, 
that in all of that, you have a completely lost self, right? Because you have all these personas that really are not even you anymore. And that's really what imposter syndrome, I think, is, is circled in, is making sure that you kind of stay true to yourself as best you can, regardless of the situation and what's going on. I like the part about you just said, and it, you know, I, you know, I, I think we, as we're getting older, we, you, you either are, or you aren't. I think we've become great. I've become a greater listener. So I, you know, I'm what they say. God gave you two ears and one mouth. Um, I really try to. I'm. I, it's a. Di- I think it's a discipline because folks like you and I were pretty strong orators. So you know, and from my so from my own perspective. That idea of the chameleon, it's really, you know, if you look at the, the origins of a chameleon in nature, um, it's a it's a protectionary mode. So they're right. protecting themselves from the outside forces of, of life or the jungle or wherever the hell it is. Um, so that's what we do. And that's what you said. I'm a chameleon. I can go in these different environments. Well, A, depending on the life you're living, you have to go into different environments. That's, it's kind of mandated that you, you know, for people like you and me, and we're not alone. So I'm not looking at us like we're just some unique species or whatever. We, the lives, the lives we have chosen to live or the the lives that have chosen us require that we go into these different environments and, 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 and interact with these different people. A lot of times they're different from us. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So how do we, how do we function on a high level within these different groups, and and, and like I said, not be made a fool, not make a fool of ourselves. You know what I mean? Um, I always fall back, and this is the thing I've been falling back on for a while, and I'm really getting in touch with the fact is, I come from a family of pretty heavy hitters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My dad was a pro baseball player, very acclaimed. Um, um my auntie is a grammy nominated writer um who's recognized around the world um and my and so far and so on down the line of my family maybe a little less um public accolades but i've got heavy i mean i've got heavy hitters all around me and i've had to deal with that my entire life and i didn't mm. even to be honest with you i never even looked at it as a young man i never even mm. thought about it because that was just the life i was living and then mm. you get older and you're like whoa where, did, where does all this stuff come from why do i feel like i feel well mm-hmm. i got a lot that i've been expected to follow the problem is in a lot of instances i wasn't nobody handed me a road map you know what i mean nobody right. said hey you know let's do this or let's do that it was more or less boy you're expected to do this and boy you're expected to do that and you're like oh Okay, and then like for me, I, I fought a lot of that. I mean, I I wasn't necessarily a willing participant. Mm. Nobody explained anything to me. I kind of got you know I got I just got it laid in my lap, and uh, that was a you know if I'm being honest today, that was a that was a tough road. It's been a tough road to hoe for me to get caught up in it. That's the biggest thing. It's not that it's there. It's the fact that you all of a sudden one day you wake up and you're like. Oh snap! Yeah, I got all this behind me. Yep, yep, that's absolutely. What I'm, that's what I'm experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. Yep, 
You know, that's a great point. Um, I've talked to some friends, you know, who are in the family business now or, you know, uh, the grandfather was a lawyer, the dad was a lawyer, so therefore you are a lawyer, right? right. And that's, that's a bad thing. You know, a lawyer is great. However, is that truly where you, you feel your mission in life was? Is that where your, your, your passion in life is? Is that truly, you know, serving the purpose that you wanted to serve in life? And a lot of times that happens where we get into the family business or whatever else it might be. Um, and we are living that life, uh, but we actually are an imposter in that life because it's not truly resonating or we're not representing ourselves as the person we really want to be. We are there because it's kind of what the expectation was. You, you know, you, you follow this train and that, that just is what it is. Mm -hmm. So that's another piece of imposter syndrome to bring to the table. A lot of the times it is outside forces like that traditions, um, family histories, family legacies, and many other things like that, that will also kind of suck you into that vortex in a way where you feel obligated to just follow along, just play the game, right? As the way it's always been played. Uh, and that's a big piece of it is a identifying that, you know, getting some clarity for yourself, um, where you are in your mind, your heart, your spirit. Am I doing this because this is really where I want to be and this is what's relevant to me? Or am I doing this only because it's what I feel is expected of me? Right. And if you do come to that realization of, hey, I think this is probably more on the side of because this is what is expected of me, then what do you do? Because that's, that's where the rubber meets the road, as they say. And now you have to make some life choices and some life decisions that uh, are better for you, but then might not be what other people want. So that's going to cause you some friction and, and some other things. So do you choose to break free or do you just stick it out and, you know, uh, take it on the chin, as they say, and continue to move forward? That's, that's a, bis a big piece of um, imposter syndrome from an awareness. And then once you are aware, the lights are on, clarity is there, but now you have some action that's required. So can you share with, you know, you were talking earlier, you feel like this is kind of where you've been for the last couple of years. Can you share some of the action that you've taken to try to move yourself forward, to push your way through it? Well, first and foremost, it's just, uh, you know, recognizing it and admitting it. That's the first, that's the first step. Yeah. I mean, just saying, hey, I'm like this. I think that's something that's huge for me is um, the the kindness piece. You know, being kind to myself, not being so hard on myself. I'm, you know, that's that perfect. I think that's part of the overachieving, the perfectionism that sometimes associates itself with um, this thing. This thing we'll call imposter syndrome um, is that I'm I put so much pressure on myself. And when I when I have failures, because we all have failures, um, that I do this negative self-talk mm -hmm. and I've been really, really working on getting away from that negative self-talk um, because I think that's huge. I think if we if we put ourselves down, which I have a history of it, um, I think you you don't give yourself a fighting chance to to truly succeed and while also being happy. And happiness is a very, you know, it's a, it's an underrated uh, emotion and feeling that I think more of us need to tune into is how, you know, my action, what do my, how do my actions contribute to my overall happiness? 
Now, like I said, we live in Hawaii. It's beautiful out here all the time. Um, and I take advantage, you know, for me, part of being kind to myself is taking advantage of the elements. Um, I'm, I, I like to call myself a water child. I've been, you know, I've been in, you know, been fortunate enough to uh, swim the, the majority of my life period and I enjoy the water. So for me, when I'm having, I, I actually schedule things like this. Like I'm, I try to get in the water three days a week, mm -hmm. Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Those are typically my days. I missed my Thursday this week. So I pushed it into Friday because I just needed that time. You know what I mean? And it's weird. Um, I hope I don't get off on a tangent here. Um, the water to me represents life. Okay. It's daily challenges because, you know, I don't, I, I'm guessing you swim. Um, yes. Um, but if you have ever spent time in the ocean, it is so unpredictable. It is, and it's just like life. It's so unpredictable. And if you don't watch out, it can consume you in some way, shape, or form. I was out, you know, this week the swells have been up and I actually find that I enjoy the water. You know, I enjoy it when it's calm. Don't get me wrong. That's that, that's saying life is calm. I enjoy that. But for some reason, when I get in the water and, the, and it's challenging and you've got to literally put your mind into the, you know, it's not a mindless act because you don't, one thing you don't do, you do not play with the water. Do not right. play with the water. You will end up dead um but to go out in the water and to be able to look at it and you because you can see it coming most of like yesterday was a perfect day i could see it coming and i'm like i have to handle this approach this a certain way for my swim to be what i consider a successful swim mm -hmm. and for me like i said the, the 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 swells are coming up and down and i'm trying to navigate in that space to where because if you don't what happens is you get smacked in the face with a mouthful of seawater and that's just not a pleasant experience on no, any level not. i'm telling you no, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but i go out and it's like it challenges my mind to make sure that i come through this and it's somewhat of an enjoyable experience for me and i get that therapy there's a bit of therapy in there for me um and i was out there and I'm, waves are coming i'm trying to get in between them and you literally got to, you know, it's mind, body, spirit. It yeah. literally is. Um, but like I said, I've swam when it's most normal people would not go in the water because it's just rough. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm like, nah, I got to go out there because this is the challenge I have to meet today. And there's a sense of, you know, I think it, when we're, if we're all, I think most people are wired to the accomplishment stages. You know, there's different things you do that, that you're you're looking to accomplish something, and for me, it's 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 getting out and getting back safely. Correct. And, and the navigation of that. Right. right. I'm kind right. of a technical mind in my head, so that's really what it's. You know, I looked out there. I'm like, uh, okay, let's do this. Yeah. Let's, let's do, do this. it. Yeah. yeah. Let's do this. And I smile. I typically smile. Yeah. You know. Of course, I've been swimming for pretty regular for the last three, almost three years since COVID, and uh, I've made friends with the lifeguard. There's a lifeguard out there because I swim at the same spot, and I make sure I check in with him when I go to the water. Hey, what's going on? How's the water? You know, we have. He's good, bruh. I said, you got me. He's like, 
I'm, I, I got you, bro. I know, I know what you do. So, you know, there's, there's that support system. You know, we, part of this in this conversation, I know we're going to talk about support. There's that support system. So I never go into this thing alone, and yeah. which I don't think you should do in life period is go, go at it alone. You know? Yeah, I agree. Yep, I agree. Let me jump in real quick because you hit on some things and what's in my mind. I want to I want to reflect back on it. So using the water, using especially rough waters, you get out. It, it's ever changing the ebb and flow of the current and those types of things is a great metaphor for life. Right. I mean, because life can be that way sometimes. Very unpredictable. You know, you, it's going one direction. You feel like you got it under control and out of nowhere. Bam. Right. You 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 get smacked with something you, you didn't expect, you didn't see. Right. Uh, so I think that's a, a really good way to look at uh, when we talk about being an imposter or an imposter syndrome. A lot of the times you are trying to navigate in that safe space, right? You feel like I want to stay right in the middle of this, the kind of the, the safe zone. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but the, uh, the, the flip side of that coin is to truly grow, to truly evolve, to become a better you, um, to experience sometimes just a, a overall better life, there's some risk that you have to take. And you brought that up because some days you go out there and you see, you look at that water and you go, eh, I don't know, it looks a little rough out there today, but you choose to assess it and then still take the risk that's in front of you because what's your ultimate goal? To get out, to get that exercise, to, to be one with the water, but also to make it back safely. So you've got to encapsulate all of that, process your way through all of that, and then make a decision that makes the most sense for you in that moment in time, right? 100%. So I want to just kind of bring that up from a life standpoint is that's kind of a, a snapshot, I think, of what it takes to be able to make your way through some of those challenging days or in a situation, you know, well, what is really going on in this situation? Uh, what's going to be my best approach? Most times, the best approach is actually straight ahead. Most times, right? But getting comfortable to take that risk to, to go straight ahead is one piece of it. And then the last thing I want to share, which is uh, that you, you touched on, which I think is a, a key component too for people to kind of chime in on, is um, you say you check in. You check in with the lifeguard, you know, before you go out um, and into the, the, the water. And that's another great thing I think that we can't all do or be aware of or, be, or do a better job of in life in general. Who are those people that are our gatekeepers for us that we check in with, that we say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this or I'm already doing this. And you know, how does that look? How does it feel? What, what feedback can you give me for this particular situation, this particular scenario? So being open and being willing to check in with others and again, the deterrent to that is obviously you don't want to be judged. Um, you don't want, you know, to have people, you know, dream crush your idea because, you know, we have people out there that are the great dream crushers, as we call them, uh, all of that. So sometimes you hold it close versus sharing it. And I think that's a really key component to also be aware of is be willing to be open, get your head up and actually check in with others. And you'll be surprised how much support and understanding you'll get versus the other side, which is because your mind automatically goes to worst case scenario, right? That's human nature. You know, we, we go to, oh God, if I do that, this is what they're going to say. And I start, you start thinking this and you mentioned negative self-talk. All of that is really where you go. And then you don't do it. 
And I think that's a key component. Get out of your own way, engage, check in with others and get some of that feedback. Cause I think that'll carry you much, much further than what's going on between the six inches up here as you, you know, beat yourself up with the negative self-talk. It's a key piece of it. Uh, I want to want to turn another thing to talking about the ocean. And since we're kind of in that space, uh, another thing that we hear, and I said, go in the water here as well. And I said, never turn your back on the ocean. Right. hundred percent. Right. And people who haven't lived by the ocean or haven't heard that before, that is the one thing that they will always say, never turn your back on the ocean. You know, it's like, I want to get that selfie. And so I'm going to, you know, turn my back and then all of a sudden, uh, wave two feet, 10 feet tall and you comes and crushes you and you go, you know, that was a bad idea. I probably should have been watching for <laughs> that huge wave that just <laughs> knocked me on my ass. Right. So that's a great analogy too. When you talk about in life, um, being aware, uh, of not only what's in front of you, but also what's behind you, you know, taking some time every now and then to look over your shoulder and go, um, what's in my blind spot? What are some of the things that maybe I'm not seeing because I'm so tunnel vision focused on this or move in this direction? Uh, don't forget that there are other things that are important too that can make a difference and can impact you. Uh, and, and sometimes good ways because sometimes there are good surprises. Other times, possibly not. The key is to try to be as aware as you can from a 360 degree standpoint. Is, a, is is one of the key components I wanted to bring up. What do you, what else you want to share about that, Chris? Well, I think it's really about you know knowing your surroundings. I mean, that's part of it. Believe me, I, I swim in the same spots three days a week, mm -hmm. but the experience is unique from a day to day perspective. Like just that's like true. life, you know. For me, I swim. You know, I'm a typical. I swim reefs about two two fifty two two fifty yards out two hundred. 200 to 250 yards out. So you there's that piece of it. So then you get out and you're dealing with this the reef is basically a rock wall, right? And understanding if you come at it, the, you come into it the wrong way, you can end up cut up, um, which is my biggest fear, getting cut. You know I mean, I don't like getting cut. You know, I, I'm in the kitchen and it's the same thing. Um, but understanding if I don't, this thing can turn on me if I don't keep it in my, you know, keep, you know, keep my bearings and, and, and know exactly what I'm dealing with, um, that that's, that's what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Cause the, the, if you know anything about the ocean, it's, it's a push pull. So sometimes you're being pulled out. Sometimes you're being pushed in. And once you get near that reef area, you know, there's only really one way and you have to be careful that I don't get, you know, cause you'll get, you know, you're literally, you'll get pulled in. So I always have to keep that in mind or when I, or now I got this new thing I'm doing now, I've expanded my swims recently to where now I'm swimming down the reef about another 300 yards um, down to some rock formations, but you can lose your bearings when you're swimming. Cause you're, you know, you're doing this whole thing and you're trying to stay on this path, but the waves going in and out will pull, like I said, it'll put either push you in or pull you out. And to be careful that I don't end up swimming into the reef, even when I'm going up it. So, Correct. and then the, and then the return. So there's a whole lot of thought process that goes into this thing. And you really have to stay engaged kind of like life if you, you know, so 
those are the things that I, those are the thought processes that I go through. And I really use that as kind of a springboard to my everyday life. And, and I, you know, you, that's your analogy point. You, you analogize it. Um, mm -hmm. So I find it, a, it's a great exercise for me. It's a really great exercise to keep my mind engaged. Um, even though sometimes I also use it as a, an air, a, a, a jump off point to disengage. I mean, sometimes I just want to go meditate. You know what I mean? I, I, I call it the church of the reef. You know what I mean? I, I go out and I pray and the things that I want and I desire. And um, I kind of go through those motions because there's nobody out there. I don't have my phone. You know what I mean? I have no, you know, you unless you're yelling and screaming for me, you really don't have, you know, there's, I don't have a lot of con. You know, I, I talk to people in the water, but trust me, there are people out there and they, hey, how you doing? You know, we have little conversations. What's going on? And blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But it's my point to get in touch with my inner self and what's going on with me good bad or different you know, some days it's just horrible some days i'm just filled with joy some days i just don't know what the hell i'm doing you know mm -hmm. what i mean and i'm trying to figure it out so any number those you know, any number of things can be going on and i just you know i've kind of given over to it you know what i mean it is it is serving me more i'm starting to really get in, on board with the fact of how much this serves me because at the Got end it. of the day you're looking for things that, you know, I have these conversations and I've had them with you. You're looking for activities in your life that serve you, you know, right. whether it's from a monetary standpoint or just an emotional standpoint or mental standpoint, you are looking at our age. We are looking for things that serve us. We're look, we're, I'm not looking to waste my time. You know what I mean? Even though we just waste time sometimes, but I'm yeah. looking for situations that are going to serve me between the years More absolutely than absolutely no you're right yeah every day every day right because you want to move forward with that as best you can so getting back to talking about um more specific to imposter syndrome and one of the things i wanted to bring in is kind of kind of right where you are in the space that you're talking about right now to remain comfortable because comfort zone is another piece of this too to remain comfortable in this imposter because literally you're not truly being who you are you are an imposter uh, a lot of the times we do what i call self-sabotage right so when we're talking about self-sabotage this is where you do little things sometimes consciously most times subconsciously and that's what the real trick is because that means you're doing these actions subconsciously without any thought because you've programmed yourself to protect and to kind of keep you in that space of that, that particular comfort zone that you want to be in. Uh, but self-sabotage is, I think, one of the biggest key components you have to watch out for. And that's where you um, know that something needs to get done, for example, and you know that there is a timeline or a date that it needs to get done by. And if it gets done, it moves you forward or maybe pushes you in a different direction. But if it doesn't get done, it kind of keeps you exactly where you are, right? Whatever that task or duty might be. And then what self-sabotage self does is you see the date, it's on the calendar, it's a month away, and you go, oh, I got plenty of time. And then, oh, I have two weeks. Oh, I have two days. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, I should have done that two days ago, right? So you've actually undermined your own progress in order to keep yourself from having to take either new risks face new challenges or to grow and evolve to a different level 
so that you remain in that comfort zone. So self-sabotage, is, I think, is a big thing to watch out for. Is that something that you have any experience with or something you can kind of relate to? Oh, yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. And I think that's um, uh, it'll, <laughs> I was just about to I had a thought and it kind of got, disappeared right quick. Um, but I think what we do is um, that's part of the devaluation of our skill sets and, you know, what we're capable of. So what we do is we're like, well, I'm, uh, for me, it's like, am I even good enough? So you start, you start asking these questions that are like, am I, am I good? Am I good enough to hang in this? You know, like, am I good enough to hang in this company? The, and I think that's part of the uh, comparison to others. And I think that's, the, that's actually, I think now that I think about it, I think that's at the root of it is we sometimes when we do this self sabotage uh, thing, you know, I was actually talking, I was talking to Vinny last night about that, where we com we constantly compare ourselves to others in our peer groups, you know, um, believe it or not, I, I do, I do in a certain respect, compare myself to you in certain respects, certain respects. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're clearly, we're united, we're united on a lot of fronts. You and I are, we have so much in, you know, you know, as our friendship has grown, we have, we find out we have so much in common as far as how we think, but I get sucked into the comparing myself, you know, we have a pretty extensive group, you know, we have a pretty accomplished group that's in our, our I call our main peer group um, for our age group. Um, I get stuck sometimes and it's, it, it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens just enough to where it's just kind of makes you pause sometimes. I was talking about it last night. And I was like, you know, I compare myself, you know, our, our, our mutual friend, George. Mm. Well, I'll probably never be the CEO of a healthcare company that has 180 hospitals that I got to oversee or anything thereof. But I seem to sometimes put myself on his level because he's so well, you know, he's so accomplished and he's such a great human being. Um, I try to, that's the thing where I try to model myself again with you and with him is that you guys are such stellar human beings that I aspire to be a great human being more than anything. I'm, I'm really starting to get in touch with that more than, more than the professional accolades and the professional accomplishments. Who am I as a human being? And I, I think for me, uh, through this whole imposter syndrome process, because uh, it's on, it's going to, it's ongoing today, and it'll be ongoing for quite, you know, for for the foreseeable future. Um, there is some solace in that, knowing that I lean into what kind of human being am I? You know what I mean? Get get the other stuff out of there. I mean, it, that's going to be what that's going to be. But can I find comfort in being a exceptional human being? You know what I mean? And, and what that means is sometimes doing what is quote unquote right, even though sometimes it's like, well, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be a good human being today. I, you know, I just, you know, I want to lash. You know, I want to lash out at folks. I want to, you know what I mean? I want to wield my power sometimes, which is I cut throats. You know what I mean? Every once in a while, you know, you just want to cut throats. Mm -hmm. But I think the more I lean into the fact that I am actually a good human being and I can get better. 
as a human being. Those are the goals that I'm trying to, that I'm trying to have drive me. You know what I mean? Because there's something about being able to look yourself in the mirror and say, "I was I was a good human being about this situation." You know what I mean? Or I or I offered forgiveness. You know, and mm. where when I was younger, it'd be like, "Nah, I just want to," you know, "I, I just want to hate you," or "I want to," you know, "I want to find reasons to dislike you more," and, and things of that nature, which I think is easy in in society today. It's easier to find reasons to dislike people as opposed to find reasons to like them. Absolutely, absolutely right. No, I, I really like what you say there about um, being a a better human being, being uh, just being your best possible self, right? And obviously, the focus of the Ascent Academy overall, as as I always, say you know, uh, ascend towards self excellence, right? Uh, and so that's all that's on all different levels. And and one of the ways to to be able to do that is to just become self aware of hey who you are and be. We all have things. <laughs> I'll just go with the generic term things that we can work on to be better. And whether it's for self, whether it's health, whether it's uh, career, uh, and, and, and many different levels of what goes on in our lives. But the key component there is that we choose to become aware of those things. A, that's step one. B, we formulate a plan of action. And then the key then is to actually take the steps of the action. And that's where I think uh, the, the greatest challenge comes in is to actually take the steps that you, you know, you're supposed to take, uh, because it's not always easy, you know, to be able to do that and to, cause you've got a plan, you know, it needs to be done, but it's that self-sabotage. It's that I'm not all in. So I kind of do it. Um, you know, it's just like talking about going to the gym, right? You say, I'm going to start going to the gym four days a week. And so what happens week one, maybe week two, maybe into week three, you go four days a week. Right. Yeah. But week four ish, eh, it kind of slips down to about three days. But month two, maybe once a week, you know. So this is what I mean is starting it. But then the, are you, you then being consistent with working your way forward? And that's also part of the whole imposter syndrome thing is a lot of the times we become aware of where we're placing ourselves while we're placing ourselves in these different mindsets uh, and, and ways and how we're portraying ourselves. And we say, you know, I need to change that. I need to address that. But are you actually then taking the action and then being consistent with the action? Because it's not going to break itself. It's a habit. It's become a habit. And what right. I talk about, you know, how do you get out of a habit? You have to, you have to formulate a new habit to break the old right. one. But that takes time, right? And so that means, are you sticking with this process long enough to be able to break that, the, the old habit so you move towards a new habit? I think a lot of that has to do, as we said just a minute ago, talking about comfort zone, because that that is one thing I think that is also a strong foundation for the imposter syndrome, is getting into this space of, oh, I'm, I'm in this box. feels good in this box. Nobody's going to bother me inside of this box. I don't have to worry about this, that, or the other thing as long as I'm inside of this box. So I'm just going to stay within that box, right? Because that's, that's your comfort zone. But if you also become aware and say, you know what, however, I really would like to accomplish this. Or I really would like to be part of that. Or I really would like to support this. And if those things require you to get out of the box, then what do you do? 
right? How, how do you navigate that to start to move forward? And that's one of the big pieces of when we talk about, you know, um, imposter syndrome, some of the steps you can take to, to start to move yourself forward. And I think step one of one is once you are aware, it's to structure a plan, whether it's written, um, something like that, something that kind of identifies the target or the goal. It's just like you were talking about when you were saying swimming, you have a goal in mind is to get out and get back safely. That's the overarching thing that you're trying to get accomplished. Uh, yes, there's some exercise that's part of it. Yes, there's some mental pieces of, you know, connecting and resonating with you in the water. That's part of it. But the big goal really is to get there to get back safely, right? That's right. If that's the key. So that's well, yeah, part of Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No. I mean, it's no, go ahead. No, what I, what I was so what I immediately went to when you just said that was it's not like swimming in a pool. Right. That's a controlled environment. You typically, you know, if you, you swim in a pool, you know what you're dealing with. There's it's limited variables. Correct. Absolutely. So, Absolutely right. Well, the biggest thing besides the exercise piece is the the emotional exercise piece that comes along with going into the ocean. Correct. It, it, it requires some thoughts. One of the things I also just kind of came to mind, which is something I'm literally living in the moment with, it's like doing this podcast with you. You know, mm -hmm. I've been actually, you know, I've been asking you, like, hey, just let me know when you got the next one. Because I've come to realize that I am entering a consultive, the next phase of my life, which is a consultive phase. So I'm here to, I'm here to gain knowledge but I'm also here to share knowledge. So I have finally really starting to figure out that I have something that I can offer and it's not a dollars and cents thing. It's literally an emotional mental piece. Um, you know, recently I just, you know, I mean, I'm an ink guy. I got, I got, I got ink. Um, and you know, I, I just got this memorial tattoo for my mother that I've been wanting to do for, 15 years i finally figured it out and you know this story i figured out what i wanted to do sitting in a hotel sitting in a hospital room watching you recover from your surgery and the, like the light just came on mm -hmm. i'm literally sitting next to you and you're we're chit-chatting about whatever you know trying to keep it light because you just went through a pretty traumatic experience life-threatening I'll, I'll say that um and the light literally came on. This is what I want. And it was such a moment of clarity. You know what I mean? And believe me, you get them, but there are far and few between most moments of clarity in our lives, our adult lives. But it was that moment of clarity. And, and you know the tattoo. So one of the things I, my, I ascribe to, it's I did a, my mother's birth flower, uh, Purple Aster. And how it starts off is faith, love, patience and wisdom. Mm -hmm. Those are four things that I've got a, a vast amount of experience in. Not all good, but I got a lot, I got a lot of experience and I, and I, you know, you know me, I'm one of those kind of guys. I wear it on my sleeve, not to, to pun the phrase, but I do, I, I, if, you know, I've probably got 15 tattoos and they all signify something in my lifetime, some event, some thought, some prevailing thought I had, but when I put that down, it was really another declaration in my life. 
And mm. that's how I, that's how I manifest those type of things. I, it's very, it's very public and it's, you know, I, it, believe me, I can't go in the bathroom and wipe this thing off my arm. You know, it's there. You know I mean? If I want to get rid of it, it's going to be a lot of work to get rid of it. Um, but now, you know, it's something that it's who I am. It's, it's who, if you know me, then you know that's what I'm about. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's clear as a bell what, what I'm about because I'm I'm prepared to wear it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So. And uh, I, I, I think, thank you for sharing that, you know, that, and that's a, kind of a revelation in some ways about, because you never know where the inspiration, uh, uh, when it's going to come, where it's going to come from, right? And so having your mind open, A, is one piece of it. But, you know, being receptive, being open um, to what's happening around you is a, a key component to it as well. And uh, we have a, a comment here that uh, looks like Bridget shared, you know, she was talking about committing to a formulating new habits is a key, right? And we were talking about that a little while ago. But to formulate new habits, you have to first be aware of the old habit, right? Because you're replacing a habit with a habit. So getting yourself to that place of un self understanding, and that's all part of self care. That's that's communicating with yourself. Uh, we you talked earlier about having some health challenges and those kind of things. So knowing your body, what's happening with your body, how you're feeling, so that you can stay on top of those things too, because all of it's relevant, right, to to the journey itself. So I think that's a key component. And then as you do identify, you know what, I need to be better at this. I need to do better at this. I need to get some exercise more regularly because of my health, because of this, that, or the other thing. So that's the habit that you've had that's gotten you to that step needs to now be replaced with new habits to move you and evolve you to the next step or to the next level. And uh, that's a key component to it too. I think is A, realizing it, and then B, as we said a little while ago, actually taking the steps to start to move yourself forward um, is, is a key piece of it. So that that to me, I think when you talk about imposter syndrome, a lot of it is wrapped in the awareness piece, becoming self-aware, uh, doing things so that you understand. And one thing we, Bridget and I, when we do a podcast, we talk a lot about uh, your why, what's your why, what's your motivation, What's your reasoning? What's your logic behind whatever it is that you might be doing? Not just, you know, your, a cause that you're supporting or your career, but in life in general, what's your why? What's your purpose? Where are you getting the motivations that you're getting them? And, and that as you formulate an understanding of that, then that gives you more clarity on self, uh, what makes you tick, and then also possibly some new directions that you might want to move yourself in. Uh, and I think that's a key piece is figuring that out. What, what's your why? What's your purpose? What really is motivating and resonating, resonating with you from a heart, mind, spirit standpoint? And I, I know you can definitely relate to that. Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. I mean, I, I'm honestly thinking I'm, I'm walking. Like I said, I just said it earlier. I said you know, I'm walking. I, I'm figuring out. I say keywords. I'm figuring out that I am walking into this consultative stage in my life and getting comfortable with that. I'm walking into that stage. You know what I mean? I think I, I, you know, it's the first time we have done. This is, I think this is the third one I've done with you. 
Um, but I've never, I've never really, you know, I've let people know I was doing it because I don't know, there was a certain part of me that wasn't hundred percent comfortable that I'm going to be on this stage. I'm, and this is what I'm going through right now. I'm, I'm getting, I'm starting to try to get comfortable that this is a stage I want to be on first and foremost. And secondly, that I'm actually on the stage, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you're actually on the stage. You know, it's kind of like that guy that stumbles into it. You're, you're, you're backstage doing whatever it is you're doing, your support staff, whatever, and all of a sudden you stumble into, oh my God, I'm on, I'm, I'm actually, and then you, and then you get asked to, you know, oh, since you're out here, why don't you speak? Okay. Hey, right. Great. Uh, you sure you want me to speak? Right. And then, you know, I'm one of those type of people that once you wind me up. I'm good to go. It's the point. It's the pre-point before you want, before I'm wound up. How do, you know? I go through this, this anxiety and this uh, self-doubt, and you know, am I capable? You know, all the things that imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome, denotes. You know, so I'm sitting there looking at myself right now on the screen. And I'm like, how do I look? You know what I mean? I <laughs> make it a point this time around. Like, well, I want to. I want to. I want to look the part, whatever that is, because I don't even know what that means really. But in my mind, I have an idea what I think it means. Um, I don't know if you noticed from the last time I pulled the wine, I had, you know, I had bottles of wine because I'm, I'm working from right outside of my kitchen at my, my condo. And I pulled down all the wine and all the peripheral viewpoints that you could see because I wanted to give you a more clean canvas to see me in. Uh, and those are things that you, as you move through life, we start to figure out how we want to be seen. And that's the perfect example of me saying, I want to be seen in a certain light because I want to be held as credible. And that's probably my biggest thing. And I think it's a lot of people's thing that they probably don't admit is that at the, at the root of a lot of this is I want to be credible. I want to yeah. be seen as credible right. that I'm not right. crazy. And I actually have something that people can can enjoy and and actually ingest. Right. So no, it's funny you say that because that is the thing, right? That self-talk that goes in your mind when, especially when you're thrust into a new situation, um, you're in that situation now and you've never been there before. Or you, you're taking this new journey. So the self-talk is as you just said. Uh, am I? Who am I to, you know, say this, do this, be this, whatever it might be, right? Those are the natural things. Uh, in the previous episode on our podcast, it's funny, we were talking about um, just doing this podcast, period, as you mentioned a moment ago. And, uh, you know, Bridget, when she'll, she'll share this, you know, when we've talked about it many times, you go back two years ago or so, and she would tell you and, and you know, wasn't even on her vision board or in any way to you know be doing a podcast but life changes things happen and all of a sudden now you're in front of the camera uh, same thing for me i mean i am like you said i think i love the way you, you you summarized that you're in this consultative stage in life where you're feeling like it's time to give back and share some of the knowledge some of the wisdom on some of the experiences that you've gained to this point in life and a lot of the reason i started this platform is for that reason uh, what's interesting is for 
years, I'm you know professional facilitator and stand up in front of a classroom and you know teach and 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 do all these different things regarding leadership, this that and the other thing. However, I never have been one to want to be in front of the camera. I'll take pictures of people all day, or I will video you all day, but to put me in front of the camera is like, well, no, I'll I'll stay behind the camera. So that self-talk that I had to get past when I decided, hey, let's do a podcast. And obviously the easiest thing to do would be say, well, you can do a podcast. It can just be voice only. But I wanted it to truly be more of a representation of me, which meant I had to really push myself to get past that fear that get in front of the camera, breathe, and just get used to being in that particular light. Uh, but that is a testament to what we were talking about here. Old habit, new habit. Old way of doing things, new way of doing things. And the only way you're going to evolve past it is to keep pushing forward, to push your way through it. Uh, am I the best? No. Am I better than when I started? Hell yes, a lot better. So but right. that, that's the nature of the beast, right? That, that, that's you what know, you have to do is keep pushing you forward. You know what's funny? I, uh, you know, we, we go back and we play the tapes. Sometimes the tapes go back 20 years, sometimes 30 years, sometimes beyond. And I, I, I for some reason, I had thought about this over the last, I don't know, since probably the first time I did one of these with you. Um, I had a thought in my 20s that I wanted to be an, a motivational speaker. Mm. And I don't know where the hell that came from. I, maybe that's the, the obviously having a famous writer in your family um, and everybody, I think most everybody in my family has done some type of professional speaking at some point. I actually took a class in my twenties with that in mind because I wanted to conquer. Um, I, I describe myself sometimes when people ask me to describe myself, I say, I'm the most extroverted introvert that you're ever going to meet. Mm. So I can go days where I, if I don't have to talk to somebody, I ain't talking to nobody. I mean, I mm. talk to somebody because I have to. Certain days if I don't have to talk to people, I'm, I'm just not because I'm dealing with my own thoughts and I just soon deal with my own thoughts. I, have to, I, I need to put that energy into me. So sometimes I get away with that. You know, and plus, people annoy me sometimes. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. They just do, you know. Um, one of the things that my wonderful cousin who we've had on here already said to me once, he says, you actually like people and I don't. And I said, no, you got it twisted, my man. I said, I, people annoy me. And sometimes that comes in the manifest to the fact that I don't like people either. And I think a lot of us, if we're being true, sometimes we, we, it's not that we don't, we don't like people. We don't like what people do. That's my issue because People put, you know, they they um, project on you and, and they do different things like that. And it's and there's manipulation involved and different things like that. And that's the kind of stuff that I try to avoid is people, you know, manipulating you for their own gain or whatever their agenda is. Because a lot of people, have, you know, we all, I think we all have some form of an agenda that we were trying to operate out of. But the question is, is it a truly uh, unselfish agenda? You can't always answer the question yes. Because sometimes it's, it's it is self that our agendas are, my my agenda sometimes is self serving. Now when I say self serving, that doesn't mean it's nefarious. Mm -hmm. It just means that it, you know I'm learning to do things that serve me, and it's more from an emotional standpoint that I'm looking to be served. You know obviously the 
you know, we do the work we do, we do the, 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 the things we do to, to have the life we, we live, but am I doing something that's going to truly serve me that when I lay down at night, man, that was a good day, but man, I did this and it, and it, and, it, and it, I felt so good to be able to help someone else or to be able to share some, you know, you know, and more often than not, I'm finding these days, it's the conversations I'm having with the people I'm having them with, you know, because everybody is going through something um, in your, you know, in, you know, in our respective groups. And how are we, you know, how are we assisting them in their journey? Because people come to you. You know, I know you people come to you. I come to you. People come to me because they respect me. They respect what I'm going to say. Um, they may not always agree with what I'm going to say. But I'm not always looking for your agreement. You came to me. What did you tell me? You sent me a text about a month ago. You said, you know, I can't be your supporter without occasionally being your tormentor. That's what I said. Yes. And I saw that and I was like, WTF. And I put the phone down and I picked it back up and I looked at it and I was like, so true, Murray. So true. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And that's the thing. One of the lessons I teach with my, my daughter, because we have these moments, right? where I know she thinks I'm picking on her and I have to remind her, I am not picking on you. You came to me for a reason and I'm, I'm trying to meet that reason. You know what I mean? And if you stay true to it, why you're here, why you, why you believe you were brought into a certain situation, you'll never fail. You just never will. You know what I mean? It may not feel great. You know what I mean? Those rough points in the middle of the, my swim, but the matter of fact is, is I'm probably going to get back safe if I keep my eye on the ball, if I keep my focus in check, I'm going to get back safe. We're all going to get back safe. Right. And in the process, we're going to learn something. And I'm going to learn something. I didn't just share it because I didn't want to learn something. I actually shared it because I was bouncing it off, hoping it would resonate and come back to me in a lot of cases. I'm, you're the test case. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm testing out my stuff on you. Absolutely. So, Chris, let's bring it home. Let's, let's, let's kind of summarize. And uh, if there's anything that you could share with our audience, uh, kind of as a, a final thoughts or a takeaway um, to either identify or work your way through being uh, in this, this state of being an imposter syndrome, what would that be? What would be the words that you would share? Okay. Well, first and foremost, and I'll take, I'll take it, I'll take this out of your notes. Um, re remembering that the overcoming the imposter syndrome takes time and patience, and it's a gradual process. Um, these are not things that, um, even depending on where you are on the track, uh, I know where I'm at. I'm in, I'm in the middle of it right now, um, and there's some things that you need to do. Uh, which I'm very big on today, which is uh, seeking professional help if needed. I think professional help is definitely something you need to have in your pocket. I was talking to a gentleman last night about that. I was like, he's like, oh, I don't think I need, you know, I don't think I'm at that stage for therapy. I said, well, would it hurt you to have it on standby? Would it hurt you to have a conversation with said professional and at least keep them in a, you know, keep them on speed dial or whatever it is? Uh, and within that, that whole thought process, um, 
the negative self, trying to push the negative self-talk out, which is, I think is a daily battle. I don't think that's a thing that you can put down, pick up, put down, pick up. I just think it's one of those things you have to stay conscious of the fact that, because we, that's, that's one, I think that is one of the quickest things that erodes in this, this human process is that we immediately default to, I'm not good. I'm not worthy. Uh, I'm not a great person. I'm not a good human being. And I'm like, when it even starts, I put, I call timeout quick. No, no, no. I am a good person. No, 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 no. I am worthy. No, 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 no. I should be allowed to, I should be trying to ascend in my life. So those are the kind of the three things that I kind of really stay in the, try to keep in the forefront of my mind, even on my worst day, because I have some days, it's just not pretty. And just admitting that, you know what I mean? This is not a great day. You know, I'm having trouble. Um, let me just pick up the phone and call Brian, or let me pick up the phone and call whoever it is that's on the list at that particular time. And just being prepared to be honest. It does not make you any less than. Mm-hmm. Honesty is, is just, it's a tough pill to swallow sometimes, but ultimately it is some of the best medicine that you can take. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. kind of where I'm at on all of this. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to kind of follow a little bit of what you were saying. Uh, one of the things that, that I want to share is this, uh, and it kind of tags right on the end of what you were saying. You said something in there about uh, I'm not a good person or I'm not this or I'm not here or I'm not there, whatever that self-talk is that's happening. And one of the key things that you can do for yourself that will make all the difference in the world, and it, it's one word, and I'm so you are used to telling yourself, I'm not comfortable at this. I don't feel I'm good at that, etc. So that's the self-talk. That's the tape that's playing in your mind day in, day out, right? Keep that tape, add one word. And that word is three letters and it's yet. And put that at the end of that sentence. And you'll be surprised at how over time saying, I am not that person yet. I'm not good at that yet. And that mind shift, one word, that one word can literally change your life, can change your perspective, because something as simple as that from taking, as we said earlier, it's a habit. You're not going to stop the self-talk. It's not like you're going to wake up tomorrow and there's a button that you push and say, self-talk off. Right. It's not going to happen. However, you can amend that self-talk to start to support you better and grow you in a different direction. And the simplest way that I know to do that is simply adding the word yet at the end of some of those statements, right? And as that becomes the habit, that then becomes a belief. And as the belief sets in, the action will follow because you will start to be and become just as you have stated, because that's just what you're telling yourself. So using that is, I think, a key component to it yet. And then the last thing I want to add is uh, one of my mentors is someone that I've kind of uh, done some self-mastery stuff with and kind of helped me in the beginning when I first started this to uh, get comfortable being on this side of the camera and and being comfortable sharing uh, my perspective, my view, and getting out of my own head of being judged and, you know, what people, what are people going to say? What is your family going to think? And 
the thousands of things that we all you know run through whenever we step out and step in front. Uh, that the natural natural process of it. And his term was uh, avoid the goop, and that's G O O P. He says because you're gonna have it, and the best thing you can do is to try not to step in it often. Like what goop stands for is the good opinions of other people. And a lot of the things that we end up doing in our lives, we do because we are stuck in the goop. We are making all the decisions, we're taking our journeys, we're taking our steps, we're letting our guidance be the good opinions of other people. And the sooner that you can get to a place where that's not what's driving you, that's not where your motivations are coming from, you're going to be much better off. It's not an easy task. It's a, it can be a, a something that's really hard to get past. But trying to get out of the goop, stop stepping in the goop, stop worrying about other people's opinions uh, as a key component to imposter syndrome and being able to move yourself forward and stepping out of your comfort zone and, and moving forward to, as we said, the better you, uh, the best possible you, you can be. And as we say here at the uh, Santa Academy, uh, working your way towards self-excellence. Can I add that's one it. thing? Can Absolutely. I add one thing? Yeah. Um, this is becoming larger and larger for me every day. Um, and I had this conversation yesterday was the two things that drive me and the two things I look for in my conversations with folks is effort, intent. That's what I look for from people. I mean, it doesn't mean you're going to do it right. It doesn't mean you're going to have the right words. It doesn't mean any of that. But if I can zero in on your effort and your intent, it will go a long way. And it, like I said, it, that's what drives me today. You know, when I have the conversations I have because I get pulled into a lot of conversations um, and I'm starting to enjoy these conversations. more. It's exhausting sometimes, but I'm looking at, I'm, that's what I look for in people. What, 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 what's your effort telling me? And what is your intent telling me? And if I can zero in to find the, that there's good in that, I can get on board with it. And it really helps to move. It helps me to move my needle along through a process I like to call um, reconditioning. I'm in a, we're, we're reconditioning ourselves, uh, trying to, to get as far away from the dysfunction that we've, that most of us have had um, in our, 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 our growing up and in our daily lives. It's a lot of dysfunction out there. So uh, like I said, that I've, I've started to find a lot of solace in, in that, you know what I mean? Even in disagreement. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing. That. I love that. Uh, you know, especially what their intent is and how much effort, you know, what, what and, you know, effort for me equals attitude. Um, and that's the one that I probably harp on the most is, you know, I always say your attitude equals your altitude, how far you can go, how far you can rise is a lot of that's tied to your attitude. Uh, and so that's a, a key component of it, too, is I definitely look at people's attitudes and how they approach different things from an attitude standpoint. I think that all right. matters. Well, Chris, this has been awesome, man. Thank you for getting up bright and early on a Saturday morning to join me. Um, for those of you out there who can identify and if any of this resonates with you from a um, imposter syndrome standpoint, some of the tips and tools that we put out there, I think can really make a difference. And if, if you also uh, are interested, I have a masterclass that's out there now, and it's called the Ascent to Self-Excellence Masterclass. And 
definitely within the first couple of modules because it is six modules and the word ascent represents each one of the modules. Definitely dig into, I would say, aspiration and spark as far as that goes, uh, because those will help you with self-awareness and it will definitely, I think, help you understand if you are in a place of uh, maybe feel like an imposter, there's some self-sabotage or just not being willing or able to to break free, get out of that comfort zone, move forward. That'll definitely give you some foundation, I think, and a, and a way to move yourself forward. So Chris, that'll do it for today. My friend, thank you for joining me. Uh, and until next time, uh, everyone have a good weekend and uh, we'll see you soon. Can I leave one? Can I say one last thing? Absolutely. So I got a, I have a new catchphrase. You've heard it. And I'm really starting to lean into this. Um, progress is not measured in interest, inches. Progress is measured in progress. Progress. If you understand Absolutely. that, the, the, the idea of that, I think you're going to find that this, your needle moves a little more and a little more smoothly if you can get behind that idea. Yep. It's going to mean different things to different folks. I know what it means to me. I know you know what it means to you. I tell my daughter all the time. And she's like, what does that mean? I'm like, it means what it means. Okay? Yes. I'm not trying to give you the definition. You figure it out. But I know that there. once you think about it, you will get it. 100%. With that, I say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. And that's true because progress is measured in progress. That's for sure. And as I said, all you got to have to do is continue to get 1% better each time. 1%. That's not a lot. One. But you do that for 10 straight weeks, and then now you're 10% better. So the key is progress moves you forward. So measure progress, as you said, in progress. 100%. All right. Take care, everyone. Well, until the next episode, uh, be safe. Take care of each other. We'll see you soon. Thanks, folks. Bye now. Bye now.